Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. That's right. Every week, I'm bringing a new entrepreneur that's going to let you know about their trials, tribulations, and successes so that you can get on your way to becoming a fearless entrepreneur. As always, I'm Corey Mosley, and today, I'm joined by a, you know, I love to have friends. I love to have people who I've seen their businesses grow and and have had the ability to work with them. Sometimes I'm able to actually contribute to that. And today I have one of my favorite people on the show today. Um, this is Ronnie Wyatt. She is part of the half of the dynamic duo of Ronnie and Tim Wyatt, uh, who own Pecan Jacks. They are one of the best people when it comes to taking care of their customers, and they produce a product that is just ridiculously good. I know because I've consumed uh, lots and lots of it over the past three or four years. But Ronnie and Tim, this wasn't their first business. They actually had started a business and ran it for several years successfully until the economic downturn. So today we're going to be talking about the power of reinvention and how true entrepreneurs can find the market execute and create new opportunities. Ronnie, thanks for joining the show today. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. So, you know, we all love Pecan Jacks. You know, my community, my tribe of people, uh, you know, have been supporting the brand for a number of years. We've seen it grow. But as I said in the opening, right, it wasn't always, you know, that way. The business today, you know, wasn't the origin story for you. And for you and Tim, you guys were really in the print business. Tell, tell us a little bit about your story. Well, we had owned a printing company for 25 years, and our customer base was the large corporations where we had contracts to print business cards. And when the economic downturn started, you know, we we weren't affected right away, but over, you know, a year or so when it didn't really start bouncing back, we became affected um, by our corporations just not ordering like they had, you know, cutting their workforce, cutting their expenditures, Mm. which in turn affected us pretty quickly once all of that started to play out. And we just felt like we needed to um, supplement our income somehow. And the only thing I really knew you know, that might have, you know, some legs to stand on was selling a candy that we had made for a long time that people are just crazy about when we would gift it for Christmas. Um, we had added an alcohol rum to it and it just changed the whole dynamic. So we tried it and people actually bought it and we were surprised and, you know, it just, um, we went on from there. We grew out of printing as the, um, candy business, started to pick up and supplement our income and to the point where it took over our income, you know, and provided us full income. So this is, I mean, it truly is a great story because now what you didn't do, because there's so many lessons here, I think, in how you've done the business and you and I have been doing business together for probably four or five years now. And, you know, we've had some fun conversations as I like to call them in terms of trying to push you in certain directions or, you know, just these kind of spirited conversations. For, for all of you listening, Ronnie is what I would call um, 
she's uh, she's a trust but verify kind of person right you, you yeah. sometimes gotta you know if you know people like that you gotta bring them around to the vision slowly and and, and in slow doses but the story is interesting because what a lot of people do right they say oh i have a great product and then they over invest in the situation but really your story was hey you know, people, friends and family like this, let's go to festivals. And then we go from festivals and then you did a pop-up store and then from the pop-up store. So you went through the progression versus saying, oh, you mean 20 people love my product? Let me go commit to a 10-year lease in a mall and, you know, spend all of my life savings to build out a store and hope it works. Talk to us a little bit about how you walked through the transition to kind of get where you are now with this, with your flagship store in your dream location. Well, you know, we started, of course, making our candy in our home, and we had that certified by the state, you know, to be able to produce and sell our product from our home. Um, and it just took off. We started in a small two with a small two and a half quart pot on our stovetop, making thirty pralines at a time. And, you know, we had Popeye arms, I would call them, after the first year, <laughs> um, because we had gone to wine festivals and Christmas festivals, and people were buying them. We were selling out. And, you know, then we decided, well, you know, let's see what we can do to automate the process because we couldn't physically make 30 at a time to keep up any longer. So we invested in our first kettle, which was very painful. You know, we spent $8,000 on a piece of equipment and used it in our home. So it was, um, that was very scary to do. And then, you know, another year or so of that, we decided, well, let's open a pop-up holiday store to see if you know, what people think of more than just our pralines. So we started um, with a three-month lease about, I guess we invested about $8,000 and we were so well received and we had so much fun that we just um, mm. decided to stay. And we stayed on a year-by-year -year basis, but um, we ended up right. staying five years, you know, but the whole time we always knew that our vacation spot was calling us. You know, when we designed our logo with the palm trees and the beach scene, there was hopes that one day we would be at the beach with our store and not in central Virginia. So, right. you know, that materialized over, I guess, um, seven years. We okay. were um, in Virginia working on it and it had established a pretty decent business because we had phased out printing and then went into the, the candy business full time with full focus on it in 2012. So from 2009 to 2012, it was more of a part-time phasing in um, stage. So then, you know, one of the malls that, the mall that we actually had our store was starting to really go through a bad downturn with just empty stores and foot traffic falling that we thought it was a good opportunity then when our lease was up to not renew and set ourselves up to take the chance and pack it all up and move to the beach. So let me ask you this question, because obviously, I, you know, we, we fast forward right to the great outcome that we wanted originally, but throughout that process, right, some ups and downs, some decisions that maybe made that would you, you maybe would make differently. There, there were some stores where one time you had more stores and you had to make some decisions with those. Talk to everybody a little bit about some of the things that you go through in that, you know, that you go through in that process and maybe some decision trees, some go left or go right decisions that maybe you made that maybe you do differently or, or, you know, maybe you would rethink in that process. 
Well, you know, one of the decisions we made after about a year of having our store is, um, you know, at the mall in Richmond, that the landlord talked us into opening a pop-up store in Norfolk, Virginia at um, mm. another mall. And the store did well, but it didn't fit us. You know, it, you know, we thought, okay, well, let's try a second store and see if we want to want to grow in that capacity. And we did a year of it and really we didn't like it. We didn't, we don't, did not like the hours. We did not like um, our creativity being squashed on what we want to do with our store and things like that. So we, you know, did that for a year and decided that wasn't for us. Um, so we did not renew and it was, you know, an expense going in, but you know, we opened our first store with $8,000. It was a little more to open our second store, but we went into a space that had been a previous um, Godiva, which was already pretty much set up with no build-out. So it was minimal risk there financially, but we hated it. You know, we're just not indoor mall people. Right. So we found out that didn't work. And I'm a true believer of if you make a decision you feel is right at the time, if you decide it's not, do something to change it. And, mm. you know, so I was not going to continue to stay there because it didn't fit us. So we, you know, we pulled out of that after about a year. We made money there. But we just didn't like it. It was just not what we were looking for. And then, you know, we focused more on our store, our one store that we had opened initially in Richmond and more events. And then we had an opportunity to open in the Omni Hotel in downtown Richmond. We had a friend who really wanted to work for us. And, you know, we did, we went ahead and did that. We did sign a five-year lease. You know, I regret signing a lease that long, but, you know, it was, the rent was cheap. It wasn't a big deal financially. You know, it isn't like the rent was $5,000 a month. You know, it was really cheap. So, you know, we did that one. Um, And actually, we kept that one was open for four years. And, you know, as we had the two stores and living in central Virginia, I just didn't feel like I was doing what I wanted to do in life. And in the, during that, those years, I attended the, um, the Goldman Sachs small business program that really hammered into my head of doing what fits me. And so that's, you so know, hold on right there. That's a good one. Cause I'm pulling a couple, I pulled a couple things from what you said that I want to reflect back on. So okay. um, because I think a lot of people miss this as entrepreneurs, right? So one of the things that you talked about, I heard, you know, didn't fit, right? Something didn't fit us. It might've been a good opportunity for some. Yes, there was some money to be made there, um, but ultimately it didn't fit. And, you know, one of my things that I'm talking about to entrepreneurs is sometimes if it's just all about the money, it it's not going to work the way you want it to work anyway. So I heard you talk about fit, which I also picked up. That also is an authenticity thing, right? You said we just weren't indoor mall people, right? So there, there's an authenticity that I think you're saying people should be uh, on, you know, be thinking about. And then the third thing was don't be afraid to change course, right? You can still have your envision, right? But don't be afraid. Don't ignore I call it the Kenny Rogers principle. <laughs> no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to walk away, no one to run, right? Yes. So did you, a lot of that makes sense. You agree with a lot of those kind of points for, for the listeners? I do. I, you know, and I believe you can't let fear hold you back from a decision that you know in your heart is the right decision. Um, you know, I have been in my, you know, when in my younger days where I would be afraid to do something or take a chance. 
And, you know, when we first decided to open a store, that was fearful. And I refused to let mm. fear stop me. Um, and I think that's kind of what I live by and I remind myself most is, you know, don't be afraid to change if this doesn't work, you know, do something different. Right. And, you know, the end goal, we're living our dream, you know, but we have made decisions that didn't work for us. And we made changes to that. You know, we've, as of now, closed all Virginia operations and every, all of our operations are here in Florida now where we want to be. You know, I felt like if I was going to work as hard as I was in Virginia, why not just do it at the beach and work hard, It's you know, at a place I want to be. So, right. you know, sure, it's a risk because we'd established, you know, a pretty decent amount of business in Virginia, you know, and nobody knew us down here. So, you know, we had confidence, you know, that people would love our product right. here too. So, you know, it just, you can't let fear get in the way. And 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 from the pictures that uh, you, we exchange often, it looks like it's working because the lines are literally out the door and wrapped around the building, right? <laughs> yes, they are. Actually, um, there was a night on our first summer that just surprised me. It was the third Friday in July. That's our busiest day of the year. And um, my husband came to me and he said, you need to stop for just a minute and look out the window because there was people down the sidewalk around the curb. There were cars parked all up and down the road, in the grass, in places they shouldn't be parked, all just to come to get ice cream. And that was like, that was a wow moment for us, you know? Right. So let me ask you, uh, I'm going to ask you the proverbial, what is something that you uh, know today that you wish you knew four or five years ago that may have affected uh, a difference? Um, I think the confidence in my decision-making you know, I lack that early on. I feel confident about my decisions more today. You know, you know in your heart that something is right and, find, and, you know, when you look at the numbers and it makes sense, but then you also have to have the confidence to put that all together and move forward. And I think that's the, um, that's the biggest change in me, I believe. So for the listeners, I'm going to tell our story. I'm going to tell the story of how we met. You tell me if I'm accurate or not. I think I'm pretty accurate on, on it. So for most of the listeners know, I'm based in Virginia in, in the Richmond area. So uh, my wife and I are at the mall, aforementioned mall that she was talking about. And we see the store, Pekin Jacks. We're walking the mall probably for the first time uh, when we moved, to, moved back to Richmond. And we're wondering the store. I've never heard of a praline before in my life. I don't, I'm not interested. I don't like it. I don't even know what it is, and I don't like it because that's just how I am uh, when it comes to trying things. But uh, I don't know if it's – and I get corrected, praline, praline, everybody calls it something different. But we're in this candy store, and um, we start trying stuff, and, and I start tasting stuff. And I'm like, this is really, really good. I don't exactly know what it is, but I know it's delicious. And my wife and I, you know, had always done our gifting through the traditional corporate own, you know, companies, the mass companies that people know um, online, sending cookies or other things or the people that send that. And my wife and I turned to each other and we're like, hey, why don't we do our gifting? Um, why don't we support a local business this year for our consulting clients and our, and our business clients? And so we met Ronnie and, and we sat down and we did that. And then I started getting all these phone calls. Like I never, when you send corporate gifts, 
people will send you polite things like, hey, thank, got the cookies, thank you. Uh, but the types of calls I was getting was more significant. It was more like, what is this crack that you sent to my office? And I, I would hear things like that. I would hear things like, you know, normally when people send me stuff, a bunch of stuff for holiday, I just give it out, you know, to the rest of my team. But insert the blank. This, these you know, pralines never left, my, left, never left my office. So this brittle never left my office. And I said, wow, you know, these people obviously have something. And then I went on their website and then I, I said, oh my God, I need to immediately get to this store and talk to Ronnie and her husband, Tim, about some things we need to change with this website. And, you know, your website was and you'd agree with this, right? It was a secondary thought. You had kind of built it yourself. You weren't really doing any major orders. You know, I think it was like a few thousand dollars a year that you were doing on the site. And I said, you know, we have to fix this because more people need to know about this product, right? And it took time <laughs> and it took some creative deal making, but we, we did come to pass on that. And, um, and you know, the, obviously the website business is, is significantly increased over, over the years back then. But you were a great example of a great product that, dis, that needed con, more distribution, right? That needed a continued outlet. And I thought it was a great story because a lot of business owners are sitting in that situation and there are some revenue opportunities that maybe they're not thinking about. And I want to talk about a couple of the topics that we've tackled together over the last few years and get your feedback on some of them. And one of them was the website. So how has your thinking changed over, over the years on the website and presenting your brand online and putting more energy into that? Well, I think the importance of it is um, that it is more important today and our brand being consistent online versus in our store. Um, you know, I definitely feel like our website is like our front door, you know, to our mm. business. It needs to look good. It needs to offer great product. It needs to, you know, it is a, a source of income. It really keeps us busy in December specifically <laughs> with mm -hmm. um, holiday gifts. So the um, website's very important to us now. Um, initially, you know, when I built it, it was um, lots of tears were shed because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> And it was no fun. And I didn't want to ever go through that again. <laughs> Even though it was supposed to be simple, it was not. <laughs> Thankfully, the Lord put us together. <laughs> All right, so, so website was one thing. The other thing that I, I vividly remember is our conversation over prices, right? I've always viewed it as a premium product. I believe it's a premium product. And knowing how you source your ingredients, I mean, you use just talking about pecans or pecans, however people want to say it, you know, you source the best ingredients to make the product. And I think entrepreneurs struggle with this also. How do I price? How do I get value? I want people to buy my product. And, you know, I always make the argument, Nordstrom can't be Walmart, Walmart can't be Nordstrom, but they're both billion dollar companies, right? And we had this conversation and I, I said, the, the product's too good. We have to raise the prices. And you would oh, well, I don't want, I don't want to alienate our customers and I don't do this and correct me if I'm wrong. And I, and I said, just try it. I said, I'm not talking about, we're not going to double the price. I said, add 75 cents to the deal and, and then see what happens. And what happened when we did that? Nobody even noticed. <laughs> Nobody yeah. even noticed. And again, in, in your world, right in your world, we're selling volume. So it's, so 75 cents or a dollar added to 20,000, you know, transactions now just 
adds to the bottom line. So yeah. what would you say to people who are struggling with assessing their value or the value of their product? Well, you know, that comes in, I think it comes down to the confidence you have in your product and really knowing how people feel about it. And once you know that, you just have to be confident. You have to, I, you know, in the way I approached it was we just kept not only, we didn't change every week, but we increased our pricing over time to where I feel like we have now have the value for the customer and the profit that we need for us that represents, you know, a quality in the price represents a quality product. Prior to that, I maybe I would have made less profit in order to offer a superior product, you know. And of course, you try to do that in the beginning to get your product out there too and get people to try it. But the, you know, I've come to the conclusion that I work really hard. Tim works really hard to make these products, to make our candy and our ice cream. And I don't want to give it away, you know. I, I feel it has a value now more so than I did initially. Awesome. So you've kind of created the lifestyle. So the last thing I want to ask you about, and then we'll talk about your craziest entrepreneurship moment, is how you have now, so you have the flagship store now in Florida, the beach destination, your vision has come to fruition. You're still working every day, right? You're not, you're working, but you're in an environment that you love, you know, being in. So you've kind of designed, correct. So you've designed this situation. How has it changed some of your ambitions for the business, right? One time we explored opening multiple stores, we explored investment, we explored these different options. But again, going back to your own authenticity, how, how have your priorities changed based on now achieving some of the goals that you had set out for the business already? Well, I think one of the things I always struggle with and I still do today and it's, okay, I've built this great thing. What do I do with it? You know, mm. what is that right path? Constantly asking right. myself, I'm content, perfectly content to have one little store that does a million dollars. I'm happy with that. Right. Um, but I can go 30 miles down the road and create a second one if I want to. It just, my goals go, they're ever changing, really. Um, you know, at my age and Tim's age, we're starting to think about our end game. You know, we know we can't right. do this this um keep this pace up forever so we have to look at what is the best exit plan for us at some point and you know so we think about do we want a franchise do we want to just have a couple of stores um here in this tourist area that is growing every week so it's changing it really is um, we've got, I mean, really, we have considered all ways of growth. You and I have talked about many yep. from the crazy to the, just reeling it back in a little. <laughs> right, sure. Sure. But I think overall it's what fits us and what we feel like gives the customer the value and the experience and not sacrificing that. That's our most, what's most important to us. So let's talk for a minute about your craziest entrepreneurship moment. Now, I know most entrepreneurs have many. So what's, what's one you think pops out at you? Well, for me personally, my husband thought I was crazy when, you know, we were riding to work one day. We used to have an hour drive in Virginia. And, you know, it was this nasty January day. And we were, you know, I wouldn't say unhappy, just not content. And I said, you know, 
how quickly do you think we can really move to the beach? And, um, you know, we had that conversation and then he brought up the point of, well, do you think people are just going to buy um, candy? Don't you think we should find ice cream or something? What else are we going to offer at the beach? And I said, well, let's just make ice cream. And he said to me, he turned around and looked at me. He said, so you think we can just open a door and just start making ice cream? And I said, well, why not? <laughs> you know, so I guess that was our craziest conversation. And then we started looking into it and, you know, did it. <laughs> Right. You, you executed, right? You had the idea. We did, yeah. I mean, we did some research after that, of course. Right. Uh, we purchased a piece of equipment that was like the, the cost of a car. Right. We went to learn how to use the equipment. And then we just applied the same processes we apply in candy making with a different set of ingre base ingredients. And, you know, and it was successful. But the craziest thing, you know, he just thought, so we're going to just make ice cream. How are we going to yep, do that? You know? <laughs> You don't worry that the how Les Brown says this. He says the how is none of your business, right? It's about making the decision. The rest of it is none of your business right now. We'll figure that out. Right, exactly. And that was my thought. Well, we'll figure it out. We figured it out so far. Why can't we figure that out? You know, so we did. We just did it. I was going to say, let me be a public testimonial since I've had the, uh, I've had unmarked packages, secret packages. It's like when, uh, when the cars are under development, I've had secret packages delivered with the uh, ice cream that we're getting ready to take online. And uh, it is fantastic. And it's going to be something that every ice cream lover is going to want to get their hands on. And even if you, even if you need to pop a few lactates, uh, it's going to be worth popping that for my, uh, for, for those who can't handle the dairy, pop your lactates and get some of this ice cream. All right, Ryan, let's talk about, um, the entrepreneurship rapid fire. So I want to give some people some insights. These are a series of questions we do. You're going to say the first thing that pops in your head. That's going to give people some insights into how you tick as an entrepreneur. Okay. okay. Are you ready? I'm going to try. All right. Okay. PC or Mac? Mac. Okay, good answer. What's your favorite credit card for small business? American Express. Physical planner or digital planner? Digital. What's your favorite software right now to manage your business? Excel spreadsheet. Excel spreadsheet is your favorite software. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. No, it's that, probably QuickBooks. <laughs> so, sometimes you I can take the- I love the ship station at the moment for shipping. Okay. Okay, well, that's, sometimes you can, what is it? You can take the person out of the old school world, but you can't take the old school out of the person. So you are the first person in all of our episodes to say Excel was there. Uh, <laughs> are you a Starbucks, Dunkin', or other kind of girl? Starbucks. What's your Starbucks order? Uh, chai latte or caramel frappuccino. Extra chai, I like it really strong. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't forget the extra time. Uh, thank you card or thank you email? Thank you email. When it comes to reading, hardcover, tablet, or audiobooks? Tablet. What would you say is your next big goal? Um, deciding the next step to pursue to set us up for our exit plan. Okay. That is my next One day with any mentor who's alive, who would that person be? Uh, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Okay. That's a big one. What would you, what would you say to Richard Branson? What would you ask him? Oh, I would just ask him how he stays so positive and so enthusiastic about life on a daily basis. Mm, that's an interesting question. I, I mean, I realize you couldn't say me since you do have access to me already, but Richard Branson is a, a good second choice. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> 
All right, final, final, final fun time. It's time for entrepreneurship trivia, where I'm going to ask you a multiple choice question. If you get it right, I'll be making a donation of $25 to the charity of your choice. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Who said this quote? If you can't make it good, at least make it look good. Here are your options. A, Steve Jobs. B, Bill Gates. C, Elon Musk. And I can read the quote again if you need. Um, I would say Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, is that your final answer? Yes. You know, this is a good tricky one because most people would think based on Steve Jobs' aesthetics and his belief in optics that it would be him. But that is actually the wrong answer. And I probably would have got this wrong too. It's actually B, Bill Gates, who wow. said that. Yeah, pretty interesting, right? Yeah, it is. So, uh, so don't worry. And, I, and listen, I want you to have confidence. Most people don't get their answer right either. So you're in good company. <laughs> Ronnie, how can people get in touch with the, how can they get familiar with the brand, learn more about the brand, get some of that delicious product uh, in their hands, tell people how to contact the store. Well, um, you can order online at www.pecanjacks.com. You can look at our Facebook and Instagram to get some ideas of our pictures and what's going on in our store. You can reach us directly in our Florida store at 850-622-0011. Now, you're right outside of Destin, right? Where you send Santa Rosa on, Beach? In Santa Rosa Beach on Scenic 30A. Um, it's in between Destin and Panama City Beach. It's, a, it's an amazing area that is really growing and people are finding out about it um you can also just plan vacation and come see us that's probably the most fun way to learn about our product that's fantastic and make sure when you come in you ask ronnie teller you're a listener of the fearless entrepreneurship podcast ronnie it was super awesome having you join the show today well thank you Corey. thanks for having me Oh, you're very welcome. And this concludes another episode of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. If you want to get more information and access to free resources on how we're helping entrepreneurs beat the odds and build their business, check out our all-new website at CoreyMosley.com. As always, I leave you with this. Keep the mind sharp, the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. I'm Corey Mosley, and this has been another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'll see you next week. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.